This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 216. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and this is another solo show today. I'm answering a question that came in that through email to the Color Pencil Podcast, and the subject is called Pushy Facilitator. That was the subject of the email as it came in to me. Now, I'm just going to read this to you. Now, I didn't ask if uh, she wanted to remain anonymous or anything like that, but given the nature of this um, question. I'm going to not reveal her name um, at all, not even the first name. But anyway, starts with a J. How about that? <laughs> okay, she knows who she is. Okay, pushy facilitator. Here's here's the question. It's rather lengthy, but follow along here, and I think it'll make a lot of sense. And I think there's a lot of applications for all of us, regardless of if you see yourself as a teacher or a facilitator of any kind of group. Uh, any kind of art group, or if you are participating as well. There's a lot of good things in here. Okay, so she writes, I belong to a weekly art group that is facilitated by a woman who has a BFA, but doesn't practice her art and has not done so in many years. I consider myself an advanced artist due to the many awards I've received. I am probably one of the top three artists in the group of 18 and have been painting for many years and have taken many, many workshops and classes. I've never encountered a problem with this facilitator in the past. I work in oils and in colored pencil. The facilitator patrols the room each week and stops by each person's easel to observe their work and to offer input or answer questions. Recently, she has been pressuring everyone to complete their work in one session, which is really irritating to those of us who spend many, many hours on just one piece. I have politely tried to redirect her and to demur to her that I'm in no hurry to finish my piece, but she is really increasing the pressure, particularly on me for some reason. I usually have several pieces of work in progress at any given time and work on them depending on the level of dryness on a certain piece or time constraints that I might have during certain weeks. I always start pieces for exhibitions and competitions months in advance so I don't have to hurry towards the end, which would result in my work not being completed to my level of satisfaction. My question for you is... Have you experienced this sort of pressure from workshop instructors or facilitators? And if you have, how did you handle it? I enjoy being in the group of like-minded artists once a week, so I would really not want to drop out of the group. But I am really beginning to feel the pressure to work to this facilitator's standards and time constraints. By the way, I think perhaps she gets bored just patrolling the room going from easel to easel, 
with three hours and getting tired of seeing the same pieces over and over. So perhaps this is what has compelled her lately to pressure people to complete work faster. At any rate, I try hard to just ignore her, but that seems to bother her more. Any suggestions for a peaceful weekly art group experience? Oh man, I could feel your pain here. I feel it as you're writing it, and I know this must be a trying experience. Okay, so if you're anything like me, uh, you you do not like confrontation. Um, I, I'm kind of reading in between the lines here a little bit. It, it seems like you don't like confrontation. I'm someone that tries to avoid confrontation, but I will uh, confront something if I need to. So there are, are two approaches typically, right? There are, is an approach where you confront the problem head on uh, lovingly and politely and respectfully. And then there's a second approach where you do not confront and what you do instead is you become better friends with this individual. You have more dialogue. And so she understands just because she understands you, she starts to understand what your goals and your dreams and your aspirations and all those things are. So you're more closely aligned and your communication is uh, not strained because you understand each other very, very well. So this second approach of being very indirect, but um, having more communication is typically the thing that I try to get, I, I try to do first. And, uh, if that doesn't work, then, uh, then I confront something. But this is, this is what I think is going on here with, um, I, I think you answered your own question, sort of. I think you are on the right track with the prologue to your question when you're talking about the fact that, you don't want to sacrifice the quality of your work and you have some goals for yourself. You are, you're already working towards some shows and some competitions and some, you know, d doing things for a purpose. So, so I think you've got the answer to your problem right there. So uh, bear with me here. This is what I would do. Uh, this is one suggestion. And then I'm going to talk about another way of handling this. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about some of the <laughs> some of the issues with oh my being a pushy facilitator and being in a classroom setting like this. Okay, one of the, you know one of the things you could do is you already have all of these goals. You know how long you want to spend on each piece, or approximately how long. And so I would I would get a list together, even a calendar or whatever. Uh, for me, it's kind of easy because I, I keep all of my goals uh, written down. I mean, physically written down. I have this hybrid approach where I'm writing everything down into a planner and it's a day by day um, and uh, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year. And then I also uh, use Google Calendar and I set up several different calendars inside of there. Otherwise, I'd be a total wreck and a mess and I would never get anything done very well. But what you could do is whatever your system is, I would bring that with you. If you're writing things down, if you have a calendar and you're planning for a show coming up, then I would write that down. I would write this piece down and then I would become really a lot a more verbal with her. I would talk to her at the beginning of class and I'd say, Hey, how are you? You know, and I would start discussing with her. 
I'm so glad to be here, and uh, this is the piece that I'm working on and preparing for this show that's happening uh, two months from now on this date. And I'm, you know, tonight I'm really hoping to to get X accomplished. You know, I'm hoping just to get this particular um, part of the piece accomplished tonight. That's my only goal. She should respect your goals. Now, I, I don't see anything in here that would tell me that she wouldn't respect that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I would just tell her what your goals are. Uh, I, I can't imagine that an instructor, and the way that you've worded this, it doesn't sound like she's an instructor, really. It sounds like she's, well, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth. Maybe she is an instructor, um, or is she just facilitating? Is, is she really trying to offer advice and that sort of thing? doesn't sound like you're going there because of her advice. You're going there because of the camaraderie. So I think if it were me, I would just start talking to her a lot more about your goals. And when she says anything or hints um, about, you know, needing to complete this piece within one three-hour session, I would just remind her, oh, remember, my goal tonight is just to get this done. And I'm nearly there getting this particular part of it done. Or I would say, yeah, I, I really can't do that because remember, my goal is to get this done within two months and... Uh, if I do that, if I rush it, I'm going to uh, probably sacrifice the quality that I want. Uh, remember, this is for a show or something. Just just say it. Just say those things. Um, for some reason, it you know I'm, I'm reading between the lines here. It sounds like that that that's not going to be a, a an easy thing to do. And it sounds like you have some insight into what the others in the class are also thinking that. Uh, perhaps they voiced to you that they're also feeling this pressure and they're not really liking that too much themselves. And so I think you all ought to start doing that. And, and you might be right. You know, who knows what her motivation is? Could be that she's getting bored, like you uh, suggest. Um, not, I'm not real sure about that. And it, it could be that she's not feeling affirmed in what she's doing. Maybe there's nothing else that she can really offer, and so she's thinking that if she uh, is pushing people to complete a piece sooner than what they want, that that will somehow stretch um, your ability and will pressure you uh, into an area that is challenging for you, and because of the challenge, maybe you'll improve in a particular area. I don't know. I mean, that purely conjecture on my part. I mean, we could go days talking about what her motivations are. We don't know. We don't know her heart. We don't know why she's doing what she's doing. All we know is the observable behavior and you're not liking it. And so somehow you have to communicate that to her. So that's one approach is to just start talking to her more about your goals. If any of the other um Artists in the in the uh, group start talking to you about how they feel about it and that they're not on the same page as she is either. Then I would encourage them also to say, well, you know, talk to the facilitator. Tell her um, that, you know, your goals are to do this. And uh, I don't know. Uh, see where that see where that goes. That's one approach. OK, here's the. Uh, the less gentle approach, and this is uh, more of a confrontation, but 
and the situation may warrant this approach. I don't know for sure. You'll have to use your judgment on that. But you could just say to her privately, maybe, you know, on the phone, maybe um, aside uh, before the class begins, ask if you can meet with her 10 minutes ahead of time or afterward or something like that. Whatever you know think you think would be the most appropriate. It certainly wouldn't be appropriate probably confronting this head on inside the the uh, group at the time that it's happening. But I think I would just tell her, uh, just be real blunt and, you know, kind and loving, but just tell her to say, hey, um, I just have to share this with you that every time you come over here and you're urging me and you're pushing me to complete my piece within a three-hour time period, I feel like that is not uh, helping me. And it does not align with the goals that I have for myself as an artist. Um, can we talk about that for a moment? What, why maybe uh, you're wanting to do that? And, um, you know, just open up the conversation and just ask why she's doing that. And and then I, I think you'll have a healthy conversation that will result from that. A takeaway, though, for you and everyone else, if you're ever put in the position of teaching or facilitating a group at all is to think about that for a moment. One of the best things that you can get from a student is their goals, their aspirations, and what they're wanting to achieve. Uh, so I don't want this to be all about me at all, but I just a small example here. I get emails all the time and uh, people will send me their work and they'll tell me, um, th this is what I'm working on. And uh, often they'll send me the reference and then they'll tell me the materials and they'll tell me what they're wanting to achieve or what they don't like about what they're seeing right now. That's very helpful. But just about half of that time, I'll get uh, an image of the, the drawing that they're working on. And then... Um, Something like, you know, uh, I would like some help with this. It's not looking the way that I want it to, but then they won't tell me what their goal is or what they think is wrong. So depending on your skill level, you know, I could go all over the place with that. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I want to help an artist where they are on their art journey. And I want to help them to understand something that... They didn't see before, you know, be able to see something they didn't see before, be able to pay attention to something that perhaps they uh, just have been overlooking or ignoring, open their eyes, be, be able to show them something that they just didn't think of before. But, uh, you know, a beginner and someone who's young, especially, but a beginner who is just now drawing for the first time ever or coming back to art and drawing again if, if I start talking to them or anybody starts speaking to them and telling them all the things that they need to know, number one, it would be discouraging. Number two, it would be overwhelming and it would not help. And, and then thirdly, I, I might be just telling them things that uh, I'm seeing and that I see in their work because it's things that I see in my own work and it's not helpful for them with their goals. Everyone has different goals. And so information that I get from any student wanting a critique is to tell me what they think is wrong, what they're trying to achieve, and then show me the reference that they're uh, using. 
and then I can help. And uh, if I know their skill level, I know, you know, what they've done in the past, or I know they're just starting out or the, you know, how many pieces they've done, or I can see some of their work a glimpse of their portfolio, then that gives me more insight and I can be more helpful to that particular artist. One of the hallmarks of a good teacher and one of the requirements really is that they're a good listener. Are they able to listen to a student? Um, And if they are, then they can assess where that student is on their artistic journey and then they can be more helpful. They can offer advice for that particular student that is tailored for them where they are on their journey right then. And and that's really, that should be the role of the teacher anyway. You should want to have a one-on-one relationship with the student and be able to give tailored advice for what, you know, what they're working on, what they're doing. I remember, and, and that's what I, I attempt to do. Uh, I don't always hit that exactly, but anybody who's a member of the Sharpened Artist Academy, um, uh, those students, they're always welcome to email me uh, their pieces that they're working on. And then I, I usually give them a video uh, response and a, a video critique back to them. And I, I try to tailor it for the particular artists that I'm um, that I'm uh, helping with their work. But I remember probably 15 years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. Something like that. I was starting to draw portraits a little bit in graphite, and th- and this is such a common thing uh, to have happen. But you'll get the eye wrong. You'll get, you know, what I'm talking about is you'll get the eye like. Uh, higher or lower than the other eye, and especially if it's on a tilt or anything like that, the, there's a rotation in the head. It's so easy to get the eye aligned incorrectly, and so that feature is off, and it and it looks very odd. Well, that's exactly what I did. I drew it wrong, and I remember somebody uh, talking to, to somebody, another artist, looking at it and talking to me, and just just uh ripping on me and and talking about how the and how the ti was wrong and i didn't know it until they said that i honestly did not know i did not see it until they said that and if you're if you're new to art or new especially to portraiture and you're just starting out um you're gonna make that mistake a time or two especially if you're sketching if you're sketching a lot with portraits it's a very very common mistake um, and I, I think you just you have to go through some of those and do those incorrectly before you can do them right. And you have to see it wrong before you can see it right. But the absolute worst way to handle that is to scold someone <laughs> for doing that. It there's nothing you know when you're creating art and when you're starting to uh, do something unfamiliar to you then you're going to do it wrong. You're going to you're going to do it incorrectly if you want to use that word. And you're going to struggle and you're going to make mistakes and that sort of thing. So the the cool thing about art is um, anytime you're doing a critique for somebody, if you're a teacher listening right now, you're not getting on to anybody. You're not uh, trying to, you know, intentionally hurt someone's feelings or anything like that. You're trying to help them. And the worst thing to have happen is to come off as though you are absolutely without doubt correct about your assessment 
of what you're saying, and the one listening, the artist that is in training, is uh, beholden to your opinions, because that just absolutely is not right. That is false. Uh, you have some insight, and pr- probably more insight than the artist that you're trying to help, and so uh, it is helpful for them to listen to what you have to say, but art, again, is all about interpretation, and it's about perception. And an artist in training is not able to make corrections if they cannot perceive the problem. And so that that's just something to keep in mind if if you're a teacher. All right. That's all I'm going to say about this. I mean, we could make a, a really long show about this and we could talk about some of the other issues with small group dynamics and things like that. But. Uh, you know, I, I feel for you. I, I'm so glad you sent this in, and I hope that this was helpful. And I, I know what that feels like to have something looming over you. You you feel like you need to confront this. You're not sure how to confront it, what to do about it, and you you want to have you want to keep that great uh, experience. And, and you, as you put it, this peaceful weekly art group experience. How do you maintain that? And still grapple with this particular issue. So I hope that these things that I talked about will be helpful for you. And uh, I think that you may be surprised at her response if you just confront it and uh, you talk very respectfully. Like you want to understand, you know, you go to her like, I'm trying to understand uh, why it is that, you know, you're um, uh, talking about finishing everything in three hours. It's just not something that I'm really on board with and I'm wanting to do. But anyway, I would love to know how this goes for you. If you want to write back, that would be awesome. And maybe we can uh, do an update. So, all right. This is a weekly show. This is the Colored Pencil Podcast. And I don't think there's another podcast quite like this one. There are several other art shows, art podcasts, but I don't think there's another colored pencil podcast. So if you have a question about colored pencils in particular or anything surrounding this beautiful brand new medium colored pencil, I call it brand new because it really is a very fresh and new medium, then uh, go ahead and send your question in podcast at sharpenedartist.com or go over to sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A. Submit your question there. There's also a Facebook group called the Color Pencil Podcast uh, on Facebook, and you can look it up and get submitted to the show, and you can submit a question there as well. This is a weekly show. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.